Going to end this week of shows with, on a little bit of a lighter note as we will turn to the professional side of things as we look at some IU players on the basketball court. An Ali Patberg update, looking at OG Ananobi, who is absolutely balling in these NBA playoffs. A Yogi Ferrell update as he's playing overseas in Turkey. And then take a look at Jordan Geronimo's season and what's in store for him next year as we dive into a lot of topics on today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, April 22nd. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics news analysis got your previews and recaps during the season as well i'm your host as always jacob rude want to thank you guys for stopping by and making locked on hoosiers part of your day today specifically your first listen every day Uh, reminder we're free we're available everywhere you guys listen to podcasts at we're also available wherever you watch podcasts at on youtube where we upload episodes there at 7 a.m every day be sure to join the conversation over there it's going to be a little bit of an easier episode to close out the week we obviously had a lengthy discussion on thursday's episode with seth tau of the bloomington herald times looking at the iu women's basketball uh, offseason and then mckenzie holmes season last year and kind of projecting forward with her be sure you guys check that out after this but Going to close out this week looking at uh, some updates for Hoosiers in the NBA, Hoosiers in the WNBA, Hoosiers in the Euro Cup over in Europe. Uh, touch on a couple few things there before looking at Jordan Geronimo's season. Before we do any of that, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you guys listen to podcasts at. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. First big uh, real news, I guess, of the day is that, unfortunately, even if maybe a bit predictably, Allie Patberg was waived by the Indiana Fever on Thursday, Thursday morning even. Uh, I mean, we talked when she was drafted. It was a long shot. Third-round picks don't typically make it, especially third-round picks on a team like the Fever where they already had a full roster and just drafted seven players. I didn't want to say it at the time because it felt a bit almost shallow, but I worried that it was a publicity stunt drafting her uh, with the last of their seven picks. And she's one of the first players waived. Listen, you can make of it what you will. They got a lot of publicity. We get, we gave them publicity. A lot of people around the state gave them publicity. And then they ultimately wave her. If you want to look at a glass half full approach, they did it early on where she could potentially land somewhere else with a training camp invite. But um, I, you can make of that what you will. I, 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 I think ultimately it was always an uphill battle. Uh, from the fever standpoint, why not draft somebody that's going to get you some publicity? But maybe it was viable. Maybe it wasn't. She's one of the first players waived. Hopefully she's able to latch on somewhere in the WNBA. If not, she's absolutely going to have options overseas as well. Looking in the NBA itself, not a lot of Hoosiers in the 
playoffs and really only one that's even playing real minutes. But OG Ananobi is absolutely killing it for the Raptors who uh, kind of on the inverse are not killing it right now. They're in a 3-0 series hole against the Sixers after a all-time shot for Joel Embiid uh, on uh, Wednesday night. He hits a wild three-pointer late in overtime to win the game. That came despite OG leading the Raptors in scoring. 26 points, 8 of 18 shooting, 4 of 9 from 3, uh, 6 of 9 at the field, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. It is, I don't want to say hard to believe, impressive maybe is a more fair way of putting it, uh, the player that OG has become because even when he was here, you could you could obviously see the archetype of what type of player he could be. Testament to him, to the Raptors, for uh, develop, developing him into this player because these playoffs, 20 points in game one, 26 points each of the last two games, has four threes in each of the last two games. Uh, he is he's a viable, bona fide, legitimate, like everything you want to – 3 and D player is obviously what he's categorized as, but it feels like he's even a step above that. They were going to him in overtime and late in the game at times. Part of that was because the Sixers were trying to hide Joel Embiid on him. If you haven't watched the Raptors this season, their philosophy as a franchise is to just draft a bunch of or draft, sign, develop a bunch of like 6-6 six, six to 6-9 six, guys that can just do everything so that you can't really have a weak link and OG fits that perfectly. I mean, that's exactly the type of player he is. So uh, if you guys get a chance, Philly, I believe plays on Saturday, they do at two o'clock on TNT. So tomorrow on TNT uh, watch, I mean, it might be the last time OG is playing this season. Uh, you will have to deal with a lot of um, foul <laughs> baiting. If I'm being honest by Embiid and James Harden, but you'll get to see OG balling out. Uh, because he's absolutely been on fire in these playoffs. But unfortunately, that's the only Hoosier really playing in these playoffs. We've talked a little bit about Victor Oladipo, who had a huge close to the season. I believe it was 40 points. It, it was a huge scoring outburst he had in the regular season finale. It, it was a game where none of the starters were really playing on either side, but it was a huge performance from him. And then just hasn't played in the playoffs at all. A little bizarrely, uh, has just not... he. The Heat have went with kind of a nine-man rotation aside from the blowout they had in game one, and Oladipo hasn't been in that rotation. Uh, it's a little surprising, even though he obviously missed um, pretty much the whole season, so there isn't that continuity, that chemistry there, but you would think that maybe they would try to, to do it in the first round in a series that they're winning pretty comfortably right now and try to build some of that up because the ceiling's a lot higher with Oladipo. But so far, he's been a DMP CD uh, in both the first two games, uh, at least when it comes to the actual rotation minutes. I think he did get in the game against or in game one that they won by like 30 points. But in terms of when the game was actually in 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 the balance and in flux he has not played neither has Juwan Morgan though that one is significantly less surprising he was signed at the end of the year he's kind of the 15th man for the Celtics he's not going to get in unless it is a uh, emergency Yogi Ferrell we haven't talked a ton about we mentioned earlier in the year 
He originally signed in Greece with, I believe it was Panathinaikos. Uh, that didn't really work out. He wasn't getting the playing time he wanted. Goes over to, uh, I believe it is in Turkey that he is playing. Uh, it's Seda Vida Olympia. Um, and he he has a much bigger role, which is exactly what he wants. But uh, he is playing really well. He's playing in the Euro Cup, which if you guys don't know, um, it's Slovenia, not Turkey. I apologize where he is playing right now, but he's in the Euro Cup. It's a solid team. Uh, for those that don't know, the Euro Cup is not even really sure if there's a um, a, a non-soccer like comparison. It's the best teams in Europe that play just kind of this separate season against one another going along concurrently with the regular season in each country. Um, there's there's kind of an A group and a B, B group, and Yogi's team is in the B group, but they're at the top near the top of it. So, like, it, it's good competition he's playing at. Uh, he played – I mean, he's still playing. Now, I don't really know that there's a way to watch these games, uh, but he played uh, on the 19th, which is Tuesday. Uh, he played in one of the Euro Cup games. Uh, his team come away with a 93-80 to 80 victory. It was against uh, Turk Telecom, which I'm going to guess, based on that name, is in Turkey. That's where that, that Turkey part came in, looking that up earlier. They have Juwan Johnson on the team. That's a name you guys are probably going to be familiar with. Yogi had 11 points in that one, 17 in the game prior. He's averaging about 11 points a game this season. So more than anything, I'm just happy he has found a landing spot where he can get consistent minutes at a, a good level, and hopefully he will be able to um, parlay this into maybe a bigger team in Europe. Uh, at 28 years old, having had multiple stops in the NBA, I think it just kind of is what it is at this point. He's not really going to latch on. So hopefully he's able to get a couple seasons in Europe where uh, he's able to play at a high level and enjoy uh, some seasons over there. So big shout out to him for, for finding a, a landing spot. Speaking of trying to find your role in a landing spot, Jordan Geronimo spent a lot of this season um, in and out of the rotation, bigger minutes, smaller minutes. But when it really mattered, he was the one that really stepped up. And uh, I mean, a lot of OG Ananobi comparisons with him, too. So we're going to recap his season and uh, what gives us some reason for hope for those OG Ananobi comparisons. First, so you guys hear me talk about Built Bar all the time. That's because unlike other years, I am not skipping out on my New Year's resolutions uh, because of Built Bar. They are the biggest thing with them is that they are covered in 100% real chocolate. And Built Bar's motto is to make the bar tasty and then figure out how to make it healthy. It works every time. Uh, these things are not your mom and dad's protein bars. They're still low in calorie. They're high in protein. Uh, they are high in fiber, low in carbs, but they have so many amazing flavors. Your mint brownies, your coconuts, your coconut almonds, your raspberries, your cookies and cream, your limited time flavors that they're always cycling through. Uh, they're coming out all the time. You can compare them to whatever candy bar you prefer. They're going to be better for you. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein is what most built Bars contain. And as I said, compare that to whatever your favorite candy bar is. It's going to be better for you. So head on over to built.com today. Find what one is your favorite, what one you guys want to try out. 
when you get or when you decide, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day, guys. The NFL draft is here, and fans are dying to know who their team will take. Locked on and Odyssey present the ultimate NFL mock draft 2022. It is the biggest mock draft on the planet, featuring 70 Locked on local experts and Odyssey NFL insiders, including Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, Uh, It'll take place over six episodes. The Ultimate NFL Mock Draft is available now on the Locked On NFL Podcast on Odyssey and wherever you guys get podcasts. Next week, I promise, we're going to look at uh, which Hoosiers could be drafted, what their kind of draft stock is right now uh, leading up to the draft. Now, let's look at Jordan Geronimo, who is one of the most intriguing, interesting players Uh, in terms of potential for the Hoosiers this upcoming season. First, let's look back in what was a up-and-down year. Uh, What we knew coming into the year is this is a a crazy, crazy athlete. You you could see the potential. That was abundantly clear. The, The challenge for him was starting to harness that potential and making good on it, developing potential into skill, and becoming a viable contributor to the to the team, uh, and that's a challenge for a lot of guys that a lot of people aren't able to uh, put together. Uh, you got the sense early on that he was going to be able to do that, though. Um, though it took him a little bit of time. It, it was a lot of flashbulb moments that you're like, "Damn, this guy is really good." He had that game against Merrimack, 13 points, 13 rebounds, was one of the first signs. Uh, to me, though, uh, progressively getting uh, more and more comfortable, even if his minutes kind of went up and down a lot, it was that Nebraska game at Nebraska that uh, really stood, stuck out. We talked about it at the time. I mean, statistically, it wasn't even his best game of the season. Ten points, uh, came on 4-4 four, four shooting overall, um, hit a pair of free throws as well, had eight rebounds. But it was the comfort and the fluidity in which he played. It was a couple, it was a lot of mid range jumpers that he's knocking down, pull up mid range jumpers that you're like, damn, this guy really is something. Obviously, Trace went out uh, early in that game in the second half. I guess it was around the midway point of the second half. Uh, they needed a, as much contribution as they could get. They really kind of hung, hung on for that one. And they eventually. Were able to to outlast Nebraska. Didn't make it pretty, but uh, came away with the victory. And Geronimo had a huge hand in that. Felt like from that point forward, he really kind of had established himself as a legitimate role player on this team. Uh, he didn't. It wasn't consistent every single night. There were still nights where it was two points, three points. Uh, but he was always able to do something. Rebounding is always the big thing with him. Um, again, uh, that Maryland game in Maryland was impressive. The Maryland game at home, I believe, is the one where he bounced it off the ground for a rebound and a layup in a basket all-in-one. Um, he had moments and important ones because, as we've said multiple times this during these kind of season recaps, every game mattered for these Hoosiers. and. 
he was important in a lot of those wins. So any contribution he was able to make was a valuable one. A little bit of a scare once you got to the Big Ten tournament, and he went down with injury uh, in that, uh, I believe it was that Illinois game. Didn't play in the Iowa game, but came back in the biggest of ways, the two biggest games of the season for Indiana. And uh, he had his probably two of his best performances. That Wyoming game is unquestionably his best game of the season. It was his high scoring mark, 17 or 15 points on seven of 11 shooting. Um, he knocked down a three pointer. It was seven rebounds. Three of them were offensive, and I think all three of them were put back dunks as well. Uh, it really only felt like him and Trace were the only ones that were able to really score on the night. And again, they needed all that scoring because uh, it wasn't a, a blowout. It was a eight-point win, but him and Trace combined for uh, 44 points in that one. So those two absolutely stepped up in that game. Uh, and then he follows it up. He was decent in the St. Mary's game. If I'm being honest, I've tried to block a lot of that game out of my mind, but uh, he was one of the guys that it felt like wasn't one of the problems on the night. 9.6 rebounds. I don't even really know how much you can take statistically away from that game. But what you can take away is that uh, his athleticism, his strength, uh, rebounding the ball, um, he was able to more and more harness that throughout the season to turn it into more and more production. And again, it waned. It was high and low. It was uh, some good here, some off nights there. There was never, there were, I won't say never, there were only a few stretches where he uh, played a lot of consistent minutes because that production waned at times. Uh, really only in the middle of the season was there a seven-game stretch where he was double-digit minutes throughout. And uh, outside of that, it was really, I mean, it, it, it was up and down. And that is the biggest thing that he has to improve upon uh, moving into next season is uh, getting rid of the valleys. Let the, the peaks can still be there, but it can't be really high, high, really low, low, um, which is something this program as a whole has to uh, kind of situate and figure out. So we'll look at some ways he could potentially uh, improve upon that this upcoming season. We'll address whether he's going to be here next season. I give him my thoughts on that. I think by the the tone I'm talking about that, and you can imagine what my thoughts on that will be. But we'll address that as well. Before we jump into any of that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sport betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. NBA playoffs have been absolutely wild. If you see me glancing every few seconds over uh, to the screen over here, it's because I have a playoff game on. Uh, I'm recording this as the Grizzlies just completed a wild comeback against the Timberwolves. Betting on the playoffs this year has been absolutely wild. Bet online has been my choice throughout it all. Bet online remains your continued source for all the sporting wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So 
the biggest thing for Jordan Geronimo, and if you want to make the comparisons between him and OG, I can kind of see it a little bit. Uh, they're both supremely athletic guys that just kind of ooze potential. They on a little bit similar uh, trajectories. I would say OG was a little bit more productive early on in his career than uh, Jordan Geronimo was. Uh, his freshman season, 4.9 points. Um, his jumper was a little bit more consistent, even if it was on really small sample size. And I would say overall he was a lot better defender, uh, especially toward the end of the year in that than Geronimo was. But there are similarities there. It's 4.4 points for Geronimo this season. I would say what you lose in three-point shooting in that comparison for Geronimo, you gain in rebounding because he is a he's a he's a monster on the like I don't even know the right word. He's a handful to on the boards uh, and trying to keep him grounded and keep him um, away from those offensive and defensive rebounds. So I think um, that's kind of where the comparison veers off a little bit. But you do see the supremely athletic wing that uh, can be a really big impact player that is showing flashes. All of that, there are a lot of comparisons between the two. The challenge for Geronimo that OG was able to do even in about half a season before he got hurt at Indiana was OG was able to harness a lot of that, turn it into actual production, uh, whether it was in the form of hitting three-pointers, even though it wasn't consistent uh he was able to up the defensive production up the scoring up the rebounding like just across the board he got a lot better in his sophomore season and that's what geronimo is going to have to do in his junior season is build off of this and uh continue growing continue developing and uh, become a more consistent outside shooter become someone that can get to the rim um if you can develop an outside shot then uh, teams are going to close out harder. And then you need to learn how to get to the rim and finish around traffic and through traffic. We saw that pull up uh, kind of mid-range jumper. We really only saw it in that Nebraska game, but we saw it a couple times there. It, it's adding those things offensively to his game. Most importantly, though, we mentioned he's going to have to develop a three-point shot. And that is somewhere he struggled this year. Less than one three-pointer attempted per game, 31% on those. That number has to go up, if he, especially now. He's a he's a bit of a tweener is a word that, that's used a lot. It used to mean something bad in the NBA because it meant you were probably out of a job. Uh, now in the modern NBA, tweener is kind of what guys want or what teams want. But he's kind of this power forward in a small forward's body almost. Uh, if you if you're talking about the Raptors, like he has the archetype for somebody the Raptors would want this. 6'6 guy that can do a lot of things, but um, you're going to need him to develop more offensively to see time on the court. If he's able to develop a consistent knockdown three-pointer, he's going to see time on the floor, and there's a case for him to play small forward minutes. Uh, he has the athleticism, the speed to be able to do that. He's really going to have to develop um, – defensively there were a lot of times he would get over anxious and foul and just be uh going a little too fast for his own good and that's somewhere he's gonna have to improve upon but if he's able to um, use the experience this year 
and develop his game a little bit more, there's a very real case for starting him if he can show that three-pointer and if he can show some offensive improvements because the talent and the potential you can see are there. And if he can turn that into actual production, you have a really, really, really valuable wing that the Hoosiers didn't have last season. We talked about that's why they're recruiting Dexter Dennis um, and trying to bring him in is to get somebody who can play on the wing, has the size to match up against a lot of these guys in the Big Ten and when you get to the NCAA tournament. Now, do I think he's leaving? I'm not really sure, again, where all this talk started. It felt like something that may have been a bit of a rumor that has really snowballed. And I've seen people mention it in the comments on our YouTube videos. I've seen it on Twitter. I really don't think so. <laughs> like, um, with all due respect to him, he has work to do before he can be considered a starter on a high-level team. Uh, there is a lot of potential there, and if he makes good on that, I very much think he could start even this upcoming season. But he has a lot to prove still, and I just don't – there might be teams willing to – there there would, would be teams willing to give him a starting spot, but I don't know. I don't see it. I haven't heard anything really, anything concrete at all, other than a lot of hearsay, a lot of worrying that he might leave. Listen, I will happily be proven wrong on this, but I don't see it. And that's just going to be my stance until he enters a transfer portal. Now, it's very clear that IU is recruiting past their scholarship limit. We talked about that, I believe, on Wednesday's episode. Somebody is going to be the odd man out. I would be stunned if it was Geronimo. I don't think that would be where they're looking, but I'm not too worried right now about Geronimo leaving. I don't think any decision at this point, I guess it's just Trace Jackson Davis's, is going to change that. I think he's going to stay here, and I re- I want him to. He's a He's a fun player, and someone has a lot of potential, and if he is able to start to meet some of that. He's one of IU's five best players and will close games for Indiana. So it's exciting to uh, see that, and hopefully he's able to make good on it, and hopefully he stays at Indiana so we see some more wild athletic plays, some hopefully more volleyball spike rebound putbacks, I guess is how you describe that. Uh, But most importantly, I just want to see him make good on that potential and um, continue to excel in Bloomington. So We'll see what the future holds for him. Hopefully it's in a cream and crimson jersey. Hopefully it is in Assembly Hall. Thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, As I said, we'll dive into the NFL draft and I use prospects um, early on next week. It might be Monday show. And then we're going to wrap up our season recaps next week. Um, There's only a small handful left. Grace Berger is the only one left on the women's basketball side, and we're down to just a handful on the men's basketball side that we should be able to wrap up next week, assuming that there is no other uh, big breaking news. So should be able to take care of that all next week. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Now for your second listen, head on over to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects, and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. 
appreciate all the love throughout this week. I know we're entering kind of the dead period of the off season and you guys have not slowed down listening, watching this show. Can't say it enough. I really, really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a quick rating and review. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific Friday and a great, great weekend. Enjoy the weather outside. And most, most importantly, LEO.